0: covenant or group agreement. Remember we talking about that last week? Anybody remember that? Those of you who are awake? Well, we've changed directions on that. We had a, a great discussion with our leadership team and, and we dis, we've changed directions on that and we are not going to require a signing of any, any, any deal. What we're going to do is we are gonna, we're still going to encourage and challenge you to the standard of commitment to the group, but we're going to invite you to come and follow us through relationship. So we're going to say, here's the standard. Here's what we're asking you to commit to. But you'll be signing in your heart and saying, okay, yes, I'm committing to this. All right? So there will be no signing of any paper in blood. No, just kidding. So that's one change. And that's why I appreciate... That's what I appreciate about our leadership, and I was telling you that last week, is we make decisions, you know, we follow the Lord the best we can. Our passion, our desire is to follow the Holy Spirit. When he says go left, we go left. When he goes to the, never mind. When he, whatever he says, we want to do that because he knows best and and it's all about him. It's his show, right? It's his deal. And so we want to follow him. And we want to do things that we believe are going to be more effective in serving the body and helping and equipping And sometimes we realize, okay, our intent for this tool was good, but maybe the tool is flawed. So let's put that tool away and get a a more better tool. And so I appreciate our leadership because that's what we endeavor to do. And that's why we change directions on that particular thing. All right, basic format of the groups will be fellowship, worship, discussion, and ministry time. Uh, Children 10 and older will be invited to participate in the group. So if you have children that are older than 10, they will be welcome with the parents to to participate in the groups. And children under 10, there will be child care provided for each group. And the child care, the responsibility of the child care will be shared amongst the adults in the group. So we won't have the the youth taking care and doing all the child care for the child care. Yeah, starting to be repetitive. The uh, adults will be asked to share that responsibility in the groups, all right I think that 's all the basic information, and again, you can sign up in the in the hallway. there are sign up sheets out there. Groups are filling up, so you want to definitely not keep putting it off because you might find yourself having to wait till next semester to participate. Now, I want to share the top ten reasons that we are implementing covenant groups and why you will want to be involved. Top ten reasons, and these are not in any particular order. Number one, this is the direction that we believe the Lord is leading this body. So that's basically, simplistically, why we are doing this. We believe the Lord is saying, now, we've been talking about, praying about this for a number of years. And even more, the the intensity of it and the realization of the need for it has increased over the last several months. And we realize, okay, now it's time. It's time to go. So we believe that's the way the Lord's leading us, and we want to follow him. In this endeavor, And Paul told, you know, he said in, I believe it's Corinthians, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so if you were following Paul, then you would be following Jesus because they were going the same direction. And that's what we're asking and inviting you to do. Follow us as we follow him. Because we believe this is a direction for New Covenant Fellowship that he's leading us in. Number two. Covenant groups will be a tool to help us to be more effective in what we are passionate about. And that's equipping the saints for kingdom impact. As I shared last week, the one passion of my soul, the one thing that I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring up in me, my desire. It's like if I had one wish, this is what it would be, that the church would impact the community that it's in. That the church would impact the lives of people like we're supposed to. Because I feel like that the church, I'm speaking generally, not just our church, but the, the body of Christ in general, that we're not as impactful as Jesus intends us to be. There are too many unaffected lives, too many broken lives that can be and that are supposed to be helped and healed by the body of Christ. And I'm excited because I believe we're about to move into a a particular tool, which is the covenant groups, that's going to help us move in that direction of being more equipped to be more effective. Number three, it's an opportunity for developing relationships with Christian brothers and sisters. This is an opportunity to develop relationships with Christian brothers and sisters. Do you guys know why happy hour on Monday through Friday between 5 and 7 is so unpopular? Say, so I ain't saying nothing. Now, this is a setup. <laughs> now I'm not saying that you participate in that. I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking. Do you realize that, that one of the biggest problems in America is loneliness? Do you guys realize that? Loneliness, loneliness is a huge problem. And I like what Steve said the other day. Steve Urban, he said, I don't understand why people are lonely. They got their cell phones. <laughs> you know, Facebook. Relationship through Facebook. I need to check my relationship status, by the way. <laughs> but loneliness is a huge, huge problem. And I believe one of the main reasons why people go participate in happy hour at the bars after, I was going to say after church. <laughs> Strike that. Keep cut that? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> after work. Is, you know, what do they do? Fellowship. They hang out. They talk. Because they want companionship. They want friendship. They want relationship. And so, we want to offer a healthy, wholesome opportunity for relationships. And why is relationship so important? You know, Jesus said in Matthew four nineteen, he said, then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Remember when he said that? Follow me and I will make you Fishers of men. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the original guys. He says, you follow me, and I will make you. In other words, as they followed him, he was going to change them into something. And that was going to be fishers of men. And also, one of my favorite verses, I got a bunch of those. Whichever one I'm preaching on, that's my favorite at the time. (laughs) Mark 3, verse 13 through 15. It says, and he, Jesus, went up the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him, then he appointed the twelve, excuse me, then he appointed twelve that they might be with him. And that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal heal sickness and to cast out demons. The first reason that he called them to be with him, he called them was not to preach the gospel, but was first to be with him. And then in the process of, as they're with him, then they would also receive power to do all the other cool stuff. And so what I find there is that it's out of relationship. Jesus called them into relationship with him, and in the process of relationship, their lives are going to be changed, and they were going to do great kingdom stuff. So the reason why relationship is important, and, and Pastor Dale, the Lord put on his heart that relationship is everything... Is because it's everything. Effective discipleship and life change cannot happen outside of relationship. And not just any relationship, meaningful relationships. You know, not just because we know each other, that's that doesn't mean relationship. And so what we're talking about with covenant groups, we're talking about moving together into deeper relationship. Now that doesn't mean that it's automatically going to happen in a group, right? We know just because a number of people get together in a house in a living room and they sit down, it's like, wow, ten minutes ago I didn't know half you guys. Now we're in relationship. That's not how it works. And we're not promising that you participating in a covenant group is going to all of a sudden give you all these incredible relationships. It will give you the opportunity. And what you do with that opportunity is up to you. And so that's what we want to provide. And that's what we believe the Lord wants. He's inviting us to be with him, for us to be together so that we can grow up into him and then do the kingdom stuff that he's calling and equipping us to do. Number four, it's a great opportunity for body ministry to happen. And remember in Ephesians chapter 4, 15, 16, towards the bottom, it says as each part, each one does its part. As each person participates and adds, contributes, then people are going to be ministered to. And this is an opportunity for body ministry to happen. This is is probably the, the thing that I'm most excited about, is body ministry. See, on Sunday morning, it's not designed, the Sunday morning service isn't designed for everybody to minister, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we can, in one sense. In other words, you can you can encourage each other, you can bless each other. And you can say, "Hey, you mind if I pray for you?" And you know that can happen. But on a higher level, we want it to happen on a higher level, and so we need to have an opportunity. And that's what we believe the covenant groups are for. It's an opportunity for you to begin if you've never prayed for anybody before, if you've never shared what you believe God has put in your heart with somebody before we want you to have that opportunity. And therefore, that's why we have covenant groups coming up. Number 5. It's an opportunity for us to move together in the same direction as a church family on a deeper level. We've had some prophetic words recently come forth, the Lord sharing with us that that he wants to move us in a greater level of unity. And we know that in, in Psalms it says how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And then skipping down to the last verse, for there God commands his blessing. He didn't ask for his blessing. He commands his blessing there. Where's there? Where brothers are dwelling together in unity. So when we dwell together in unity, then God will command his blessing. And I think we all would say we want that, right? Right? And so then we need to participate and do whatever it's going to take for that blessing to be commanded. And we see that unity is, a, is, is it. And so we want to do something and do things that's going to move us towards a greater level of unity. Number six. It helps put the heavy emphasis back on the entire church body and put Sunday back in a proper and more balanced perspective. I shared last week how I believe unintentionally the Sunday morning service and the way Christendom has designed Sunday, we've blown Sunday out of proportion. And it's like Sunday has become our relationship with God. And it gets to where if I go to church on Sunday, then I have a relationship with God. I went, I raised my hands, I put a couple of dollars in the offering plate, uh, been nice to old ladies. You know, I did all these nice things that I was supposed to do. And then we go about Monday through Saturday doing our own thing, living our own lives. And we think that's good. We think that's, hey, I'm, I'm doing a good job. And then also, when intentionally, the emphasis can be placed on individuals in the church who serve on Sunday morning. Those who preach, those who lead worship, those who teach the the children, those who are ushers, those who serve in the sound booth. And we think, if I can do that, then I'm good in God's eyes. And we think that's what we have to obtain to. We think that's what it's all about. And I think that's out of balance. I believe the bigger thing is all of us, serving out there. And I believe the Sunday morning, it does have its place, believe me. I'm not saying starting next week, we're not going to be meeting on Sundays anymore. I believe Sunday morning has its place. It has, it has its place, one, for us to corporately come together and just love on God and let Him love on us and, and have a great time celebrating what He did throughout the week. It's a time for us to come and be encouraged, to be in challenge by the Word of the Lord and, and by in the presence of God. So there are practical reasons, and it's a time for us to come and be encouraged. I mean, life is hard sometimes. And when I can just come on Sunday and just let my hair down, well, some of us, you know, and just come and and just have a good time and, and see my friends and that kind of thing. So Sunday definitely has its place. But whatever it takes to get the body moving, whatever it takes to get the saints doing what Jesus said, See, he didn't say the fivefold ministry shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These signs shall follow the fivefold ministry. Believers. It's the believers that these signs will follow. Amen? It gives you an opportunity, number seven. It gives you an opportunity to participate in and receive body ministry in a safe environment. Emphasis on safe environment. You know, the Bible says that we can all prophesy. The Bible says that we we all have the same Holy Spirit. You know, a five-fold minister doesn't receive a senior Holy Spirit, and then the rest of you receive a junior Holy Spirit. Now, some people think that way. They may not verbalize it. But they kind of think that way. Well, hey, some people think, okay, I'm not one of them, so the Holy Spirit in me is a little smaller. I don't think so. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. And he's pretty powerful. He's pretty awesome. And he dwells in every single one of us. And he wants every single one of us to learn how to allow him to flow through us to impact people's lives. And so if you're given the opportunity, let's say God puts a word on your heart to share on Sunday morning. As you're just worshiping and all of a sudden he says, he he puts something in your heart and and you feel like you want to share it with the whole church. Most of you won't even dare because of the fear factor. You know what I mean? I mean, we're being real, right? Right. It's like, dang, no way I'm getting them in front of all them people. But in a smaller context, a smaller group, where you feel a little safe, more safe. Because we want to be in an environment, it's, it's not about perfection. It's not about sharing a word and you being 100% accurate or going to throw rocks at you. It's about learning how to listen and hear the Holy Spirit and share what you believe He's put on your heart. Learning, developing those gifts so that you can go out into that world out there. And have a little bit more confidence in sharing truth and life and hope to people. And so in a smaller context, you'll be given the opportunity to share it. I think the Lord is putting this on my heart. And you'll feel safer than maybe in front front of the whole congregation. I'm excited about that. Number eight. The covenant groups can be a springboard for deeper relationships outside of the covenant groups. What I mean by that the covenant groups will offer an opportunity for relationship. And you can have a certain level of relationship there. But what I'm hoping is that a number of you will take relationship there and move it outside the covenant groups and say, hey, let's get together. Hey, how about your family come over to my house? Hey, let's go out and have some coffee. Or hey, let's do this. And then genuine deeper relationships begin to develop. And that's what I'm talking about right there. And that's what I'm excited about. Because remember, it's deep, meaningful relationships that are important for effective discipleship. Here's one of my favorites. Number nine. Covenant groups will be another incredible opportunity for you to participate in and experience incredible miracles. And I'm anticipating this being one of the biggest things that we see come out of these covenant groups. Miracles, healings. I mean, obvious power of God, bam, situation changed. You know, when Ben, a couple of weeks ago, Ben Elliott shared, first x-ray, zero cartilage in the knee. A couple of years later, next x-ray, cartilage in the knee. No surgery. Hmm, what happened? How about a creative miracle? I think that's the only time God wants to do that. He never wants to do that again. Ever, ever, ever. Because he only loves Ben. Can I get a witness? It's like, "Eh," wrong answer. If we will begin to be intentional, because here's how I've lined myself up again. We'll be intentional and take the opportunities in our covenant groups, for example. And when the leader says, you know, the person leading, they say, hey, anybody have any prayer request? Does anybody have a situation where they need God himself to intervene and change the circumstances? And then we begin to take God up on those offers. And we begin to intentionally, okay, here's a miracle. We need God to show up or nothing's going to happen. And we begin to do that intentionally and regularly. Guess what I believe is going to happen? Anybody guess? Did he not make provision for miracles when Jesus died? Did he not make provision for healing? When Jesus died, is it God's pleasure for his provision not to be delivered to his people? Or is it God's pleasure for his provision to be abundantly provided to his people? Do you think that's the accurate answer? I believe God wants miracles to happen more than we want them to happen. And I believe the problem is, you know, one, the big problem is doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief. He rebuked, he he chastised his disciples over and over and over again. Your doubt and unbelief. Where there was limited manifestations of the power of God in a city called Nazareth or somewhere, I believe it was either Galilee or Nazareth, one of those places where Jesus was from where there was no great manifestation of healing because of their doubt and unbelief. He marveled. It said Jesus marveled at their unbelief. And he could do no mighty work there except heal a few sick folk. Now people have different interpretations on what it means by he could not. I think what it meant was he wasn't given the opportunity you know, in many places where he went, people were thronging him, people were running up to him and saying, please, they were asking him, giving him permission to, bam, invade them with this power. But in that particular place, they were looking at him with their arms folded. I don't think so. You, I you mean, used to play with my kids. Come on now, who do you think you are? They didn't recognize him as who he was. Therefore, they didn't invite him. If they think he's just some carpenter's son, they're not going to ask him to heal them of some disease they've been battling. I mean, You understand what I mean? And we, in our circumstances, in a charismatic church, we believe in signs and wonders miracles and everything. But we're not seeing them on the level that God would want us to see them. We're not seeing them on the level that we'd want us to see them. So what are we going to do about that? Be intentional and begin to move in that direction. And say, Lord, I know what your word says. I know what my experience has been. That stinks. Are you going to partner with your experience of lack of results and lack of of manifestation of his goodness? Or are you going to partner and line up with his word? And if you partner with his experience and you continue to do that, and you've been doing that, how's that working for you? It ain't doing nothing for me. It's like I'm realizing, you know what? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna continue. I'm looking for people to pray for. There's a thing that that I found years ago. I don't even know what it is. I still don't know what it is. But I'm using it for something. It's this little I thought it was a pen when I found it. But it's an empty, it's a hollow shell. It screws together. And what I've done is I filled this up with mustard seed. And so when I talk to people and, and, and look for opportunities to pray for, them, I say, hey, you remember when Jesus said, and they may not even know, but they'll agree with me anyway. I said, you remember when Jesus said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be cast into the sea. I say, you remember when Jesus said that? And many people have heard that. And so I pull out a mustard seed. I said, have you ever seen a mustard seed before? It's like, no, I don't think I have. And so I pull one of these out and put it in their hand. And I think, I'm not sure. Uh, Leon, you'd be able to correct me. I think, well, I've heard that the mustard seed is the smallest seed. I think. If it's not the small is it the smallest seed? Mustard seed, do you know? Yes, yeah, it's very small. Okay, if it's not the smallest, it's very small. So if you've seen one, you know that it's, it's very small. And so I pour this out in their hands. And so they they have it. And the purpose is to give them a visual. And I said, do you think between the two of us, we can have enough faith to see God heal your leg or to to intervene in your situation? And they're like, yeah, I think we can do that. (laughs) I said, all right, let's pray. And then we pray. And there's been times when I've seen results. And there's been times when I haven't. And I can be discouraged and look and focus on the times when nothing happens and say, stuff doesn't work. Or I can say, well, I don't understand that. I'm going to keep asking him and keep learning, growing, and I'm going to keep going after it. And for a long time, this just sat in my drawer. But now I carry it in my pocket every day again. Because then when I put my hand in my pocket looking for money that's not in there, I'm reminded, oh yeah, I got this. Then it reminds me, oh yeah, let me go find somebody to bug. And so in the covenant groups, we want to be intentional. And we're going to go after the provision that God has made available to his kids. And so therefore, because that's going to be the case, I believe we're going to begin to see more and more and more miracles. So if you don't participate in the covenant groups, guess what? You can say, oh man, you're going to be on the outside looking in. So I just want to encourage you to participate. It's going to be incredible. And it's going to be an adventure, I believe, an incredible adventure. And number 10, the reason why you and I should should participate in covenant groups Covenant groups will be another provided opportunity for you to develop and grow in maturity and in your calling. But it's not a guarantee that anything will happen to you or through you. There is one thing that will make a difference, a huge difference, in whether covenant groups have an incredible impact on your life or if it just becomes another religious activity. You ever wondered how, or maybe you've seen or experienced, Two people can be in the same meeting. And one leaves that meeting. Their life is totally changed, transformed. They've been wrecked by the love of God. And they're like, oh my goodness. And they just get up, dust themselves off, and they just walk away in love with Jesus. And a person sitting right next to them, in the same environment, heard the same message, had the same exact opportunity, but all they can hear is is their stomach growling and they can't wait to get out so they can go to New China I mean isn't that crazy how two people can be in the same situation one life change and one doesn't it reminds me of the story out of Luke chapter 23 verse starting with verse 39 it says then one of the criminals who were hanging remember when Jesus was hanging there were two criminals hanging with him It says one of the criminals who were who were uh, hanged blasphemed Jesus saying if you are the Christ save yourself and us. But the other answered rebuking him saying do you not even fear God seeing you are under the same condemnation. And we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that amazing? Same environment. You know, I don't think the one guy who was repentant, I don't think he had worship music playing on that side. (laughs) And he felt the mood. He felt the moving of the Holy Spirit. Like, "Woo, I feel the anointing. And I don't think it was like that. Same environment, same circumstances. They were in excruciating pain. They were guilty of their crime. They deserved death. One is, you know, yelling at Jesus, hey, do something for us, and that kind of thing. And the other guy comes under complete conviction, and his life has changed. And even to this day, he's with Jesus. And the other guy wishes he were. What's the deal? I believe they both had the same opportunity. The difference was the condition of their heart. The condition of their heart. One heart was open. I believe that's what happens in a the, in the Sunday service or a conference or wherever where the word is preached. One heart is open, fertile soil. They're like, bring it, God. And the other heart is, is closed. Or or calloused over or whatever. And so I'm saying all that to say, the covenant groups are not going to be a magical formula. It's not going to be a fix-all. But it can have a great and tremendous impact in your life. Depending on your heart condition as you approach and as you participate. Because you could say, you know, I've been to home groups for several years. I've done it before. It's no big deal. And if you go in there with that attitude, you're probably going to be disappointed. But if you go in there with an attitude, say, God, I've been through home groups a billion times before, but I'm willing to do it again. I'm willing to give you the opportunity to impact my life because I want more of you. I want to draw closer to you. And so my challenge to you is regardless of your past circumstances, regardless of your past disappointments or whatever, Don't let disappointments in the past rob you of your future. Some people are so stuck in the now, they can't move forward because they're so busy looking behind them. They're so busy focusing on the bitterness and the offenses and the stuff behind them. And that incredible future stays in front of them and they never obtain it because they're too busy living in the past. Don't let all that stuff rob you. Of what God has for you. I'm not. That didn't work for me. The disappointments, the unanswered prayer. I'd be willing to bet that I prayed for more people than you have and seen them die. I'd be willing to bet that. I prayed for a lot of people and they died. Now, of course, I have an advantage being a pastor, I'm asked to pray for a lot of people. But the reason why I bring that up is I have a tremendous opportunity to stay stuck. But I ain't gonna. That didn't work for me. I was stuck for a while, but most of you didn't know it because I had a nice, good, happy face. Looked good on the outside, but on the inside, I was just going through the motions. But I am fired up. I am excited. And not just emotionally, but inside, as Greg would say, in my gut. I'm just about to come, come to pieces because I'm so full of anticipation of what's going to happen this year. And I want to invite you to come with me. So let's all stand. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come up. Hey, Chandra, is Shandra in here? Could you and Lisa partner up, up hip, uh, my Lisa? Are you my Lisa? <laughs> we got three Lisas in here, and so I always have to say my Lisa, so three ladies don't come up. Okay, we are not waiting until covenant groups start To start going after miracles. Okay? We're not going to wait till February 8th. We're starting today. And so I just want to invite you, if you have something going on in your life, in your body, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, and you want, you need him to intervene. We just want to invite you to give us an opportunity to partner with you. And just pray and minister to you and let the Holy Spirit love on you. That's why they're up here. So in a minute when I dismiss, come on and get it. And you might have been prayed for many times. Great. That's the past. Don't let that stop you. Let's just keep going. You know, Ben Elliott, last week, couple weeks, he shared. I prayed for him several times. We prayed for him. Todd and I prayed for him. He was prayed for by many people. What if he would have stopped? He kept praying. We kept praying. Every time I'd see him, let's pray. Let's pray. And so I just want to encourage you. Man, let's go for it. Let's go for it together. Amen? Amen? So, Father, we thank you again because you're incredible. And that one thing that was mentioned earlier about the one thing that may be holding us back. And if you haven't revealed it to us yet, we ask that you would. If there is something, we ask you to reveal it to us, Father. So we're not just trying to come up with something, but that there is something that you're putting your finger on, that we can surrender to you so we can have more of you. And we thank you for how you're leading us. And we thank you, Father, that you desire for all of your kids, all of us, to mightily impact those around our lives, to impact their lives with you. And so we choose to line up with you and go in that direction. We love you. And, Father, I just speak the blessing of God on every person here, every family represented. I just pray that they would go in your blessing in your peace, in your encouragement. I just break off discouragement in the name of Jesus. I break off that condemnation. I break off that lying spirit that's lying to you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for just flooding them with your truth. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be dismissed. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to sign up for covenant groups out there. And if you want prayer, please come and get it. Thank you.